We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's RVRA. DIO2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome in, everybody. Happy May to you. We are in May. It is May 2nd, 2023. The NFL draft is behind us, and we are busy getting ready for not only FFPC Rookie Dress, Fantasy Pros Championship, FFPC Main Event, the FFPC uh, Best Ball Tournament, the Superflex Best Ball Tournament. It's all coming together, and now that we have the draft behind us, I think things are going to um, are going to stabilize, at least for a little bit, until training camp. Uh, welcome into the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. I am your host, Eric Balkman, at Eric Balkman on Twitter from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, uh, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network, and, of course, the FFPC. Before we get into the show, let me tell you a little bit about what's going on at the FFPC currently. Kind of teased a little bit. We have uh, just a handful of Dynasty Orphans left right now. I think one of them is selling for $25. The rest are all $1. So you can play year-round fantasy football uh, with the FFPC at myffpc.com uh, right now when you pick up one of those dynasty orphans that are still out there. If you want to play a, a maiden uh, dynasty startup draft, we have those going on as well. In fact, we got a bunch launching tomorrow. Uh, we have uh, leagues starting at the $100 level all the way up to the $5,000 level. I know one of the one of the startups is off and running uh, already at the $5,000 level. Uh, so check that out at myffpc.com if you want to play Dynasty Fantasy Football. You can also, this is exciting, um, our $350 tournament 
uh, for the first time ever, the Fantasy Pros Championship is going to be offering a $1 million grand prize. $1 million if you win. And it's only 350 bucks to enter. Uh, it's like uh, we always say, can you afford not to play in this competition? It's going to be a lot of fun. Those drafts have already been going on. We got a bunch more going off this week. Slow drafts, two-hour clocks, six-hour clocks, and, of course, the standard 60-second timers. That's all at myffpc.com. And the early bird promo is going on right now. If you register by June 1st, First, um, and draft by June 15th, you're going to get a free FFPC $35 league credit into your account, which is uh, something that you can get up to three times. So if you do that three times, you get your $50 hookup on the third uh, Fantasy Pros team. Uh, then you can uh, also get three free $35 team credits at myffpc.com. Remember to like uh, this video, subscribe to the channel, comment, share, and get notified of everything we have going on at the FFPC YouTube channel. Got a ton of stuff going on this week. We got live uh, Revel Genesis and Revelations coverage coming up. On Friday night, we got the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show with Pat Fitzmaurice and me from Fantasy Pros coming up on Thursday night. And, of course, uh, Dave Terpoli and Aiden LaCorey are doing live uh, FFPC Best Ball Tournament coverage on Sunday night. So we are in full midseason mode. And who better to uh, to get us going on the road of his High Stakes Lowdown for the month of May uh, than a guy who has won a dozen High Stakes Fantasy Football League titles uh, with the FFPC and uh, somebody who's prepping for his many, many rookie drafts coming up with the FFPC uh, this coming weekend. Please welcome back onto the road of his high stakes lowdown, Mr. Brian Valente. Brian, welcome in, man. Thanks so much uh, for joining the show. Hey, Balky. Good to see you. Uh, it's been a while. I like your beard. You're looking good. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to have to shave it one of these days. You know, the thing is, the winter in Wisconsin lasts about 11 and a half months, but we're coming up on that one half month where yeah, it's going to get pretty it. uncomfortable. So, yeah, <laughs> at some point it's going to be gone. Thank you, though. I appreciate good. that. Thanks for having um, me. Absolutely. Um, tonight, Brian and I are going to talk about how high Anthony uh, Richardson should be going in non-superflex rookie drafts, how to handle the conundrum that is the Seattle backfield, and much more. Uh, let's get into it right away, Brian. Uh, you're 102. This is something when I was watching the draft on Thursday night, and I saw Jameer Gibbs go uh, to the Lions at, at 112, my immediate thought was, oh, okay, now is he the 102 in drafts? Because um, – I had Jackson Smith and Jigba pre-draft in there um, as the 102 behind Bijan Robinson. And then Smith and Jigba doesn't go until the 20th overall pick to Seattle. Who is your 102? Is it Gibbs or is it Smith and Jigba or somebody else? Yeah, I mean, I was I was right in there with you. I've, I've got a I've got a draft coming this weekend where I have the 102. Um, and I've been getting offers, fielding offers on it to move down. And um, didn't really want to do that um, to go to the four. Um so I, I I think I think it's I think it's got to be Gibbs at this point. The draft capital that that Detroit used, um, I mean, it's pretty amazing how much Detroit did not like DeAndre Swift. Um, yeah. You know, he, he was one of he was one of my favorites, but um, obviously they they had there was something wrong within the personality, or it didn't fit the mold that they were looking for. And you could even see it in Hard Knocks when they showed some of the some of the footage. Um, the way the way they treated him and and the way they thought of him, he was it kind of came out, um, and so it wasn't surprising. Uh, I think it was very surprising that you know at, that he went twelve though. Um, I, not many people had him had him going up that high. How but far? I, with that, you have to you go have ahead. To, go ahead. I'm sorry, but with, but with that, I mean, with that capital, you have to put him at the one two. I think. Um, does he get anywhere close to Bijan Robinson, or is he still a couple of tiers down for you? He's a couple of tiers down for me, okay. definitely. 
Yeah, Bijan's in his own world. <laughs> yes. <You> know? <laughs> um, so let, let me talk about uh, Smith and Jigba here with you for a little bit. How far does this guy, do you think, tumble in rookie drafts for you? Um, because not only was he, um, you know, not only did he go after Jameer Gibbs, but he didn't go until the 20th overall pick, a scenario yep. that I think a lot of people didn't envision. Are you down on Smith and Jigba now, or are we overrating his landing spot? I think we're overrating the landing spot. Um, I mean, you have Tyler Lockett there. I, I don't, you know, maybe he'll he'll last next season, um, and and Najigba can can learn from him um, and then take over that spot. Um, and I just I just think there's there's too much talent there, um, and it was pretty clear cut um, that you know he he was the first wide receiver for me at least uh, on the board. So I, he moved he moved from one two to one three for me. Okay, so he still did. He didn't fall that far for you. No, still your top ranked receiver. Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. So let's let's talk about a guy that I don't know. Like in the pre-draft process, we were looking at maybe Smith and Jigbo or Quentin Johnson going as the first receiver off the board. And then as we got later in the game, it certainly seemed like Smith and Jigbo was going to go ahead of Johnson, which happened. Yeah. However, Quentin Johnston gets drafted by Los Angeles a team, and I don't have the official cap hit numbers in front of me. I should have researched it better before the show, but I just know that both the cap hit for Mike Williams and for Keenan Allen next year, they're both exorbitantly high. In fact, we heard rumors this year that maybe Keenan Allen was going to be released as a cap casualty. That didn't happen. But the fact that the Chargers soaked a, a top you know, 25 pick into Quentin Johnston this year, knowing they have Justin Herbert, knowing Kellen Moore's there, who should be a bright offensive mind to lead this offense into the future. Yep. Is Quentin Johnston going to, you know, take, I don't say take his lumps, but come on slow in 2023, but 2024, he'll be the sophomore breakout and he's going to have a huge target share given the futures or the potential bad futures for Williams and Allen in Los Angeles. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that has to happen. Um, you know, Again, going by the draft capital that they spent, um, and and I think he's in a perfect situation if both those guys stay. I mean, not dynasty-wise and not your first year and, and watching him develop is going to be probably going to be a little difficult, like you said, taking mm -hmm. taking some lumps. But I think if if you have Mike Williams, who who's, who's close to his physicality, um, and then you have Keenan Allen, who's te teaching him in the route tree, um, for a raw guy like that, I think it's going to be very, very helpful for him, and and hopefully he can, you know, take take both sides of that and really, you know, become a true number one in year two or three. One of the things that I always look at in these rookie drafts is how do I, you know, when I'm drafting guys, like how likely is it that they have an RB one season or uh, you know, like a top twelve running back season, a top yeah. twelve wide receiver season, and when I look at Jordan Addison versus Quentin Johnston. It is super difficult for me to see Jordan Addison ever having that type of season in Minnesota. However, next year, depending upon who's there in Los Angeles, I could easily see Quentin Johnston having a, a, a huge season and maybe top 10, top 12 wide receiver seasons um, in his prime in Los Angeles. For me, it is pretty open and shut. If I'm on the board and I'm deciding between Addison and Johnston, I'm almost always going to pick Johnston. I mean, obviously, if I've been in a lot of dynasty leagues, I do want to vary it up a little bit. Yeah. But if I'm only in one, Brian, for me, it's Johnston over Addison. Do you see it in a similar way? I, I tend to agree with you. Um, just just his phys physical attributes. I mean, there's nobody else on the board like him. You know, he's a freak. Um, and you always want to get those guys and swing for the fences and, and, and go for upside if, if you can. Um, you know, the drops were a very big concern. But I think, you know, 
he's just too good in terms of what he can do on the field. And you're, and you're not going to find that, especially in this wide receiver class. You don't have that many of the guys, you know, the, the, the tall lanky uh, with the range uh, that he has um, and the speed, you know, and he, you know, he has the long speed to take something to the house. Um, and I think it's, uh, I, I think you can't pass that up. Uh, like you said, you get, you, you got to diversify. I think occasionally, you know, if you're talking, you have 10, 15 teams, you got to, you know, and you have an opportunity to maybe take one or two shares of Addison, you, you, you might want to. Um, but I think I'm leaning uh, Johnston mostly there. Um, and uh, and for you, having the luxury of having multiple teams, yeah. you can kind of go back and forth between. I'm an addict. <laughs> uh, let's get into kind of the same philosophy here. Zay Flowers goes to Baltimore, another first-round receiver this year. But now Baltimore, and while they do have Lamar Jackson back and it feels great and that offense seems like it's it's ready to, to, to explode, you still have Mark Andrews, still have Rashad Bateman, and the Ravens went out and gave some serious guaranteed money to Odell Beckham. Yep. In your rookie drafts, are you comfortable letting somebody else draft Zay Flowers or am I too tunnel vision on 2023 when I look at Flowers' fantasy stock? Uh, I think yeah, I think you have to let somebody else take them. Um, for me, it's just it's just a simple math problem. There's there's too many mouths to feed. Um, Lamar really hasn't shown that he can that, that he can feed all the mouths to begin with. Um, so to have that many uh, you know people um, wanting the ball is going to be pretty difficult uh, on a on a rookie wide receiver. It could definitely clear up and and maybe they open up the the offense and we see something new. But it's just hard to envision it happening if they if they stay with with the same direction. Hopefully they they're not. I mean they paid all that money to Lamar that you know you would think that they're going to um, you know move it to more towards a passing offense and not put him as in as much risk. But sometimes for him, it's going to be difficult when he's in trouble, he's going to take off. Um, and I, I think it's going to be difficult to, to, to knock that out of him um, in the long run, but you know, we'll see. And I think that's going to be to the detriment of, of a Zay flowers um, and, and even Bateman. I mean, you even, we even, we even heard the chirping by Bateman this year, you know? Right. Uh, and, and so I think, it, it, it's going to be it's going to be hard, and you know he's got his guy in Andrews, and maybe maybe he can make maybe he can handle one other one other guy, but I don't think you, you know you can handle he can handle uh, feed you know three guys at the, for one season. I not think many, gonna, not many can, but right. And and I think what's going to be compelling this season is obviously you have Todd Munkin there now uh, instead of Greg Roman, who loves throwing the football around, and it's going to be on us as fantasy players to. In order to have success, we're going to have to get Lamar Jackson right in drafts. We're going to have to get, you know, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham right in drafts. And and if we hit it at the right, you know, at the right value, then they could be, you know, really valuable for us as as fantasy players this yep. year. But the trick is like how much of this offense is going to move from a heavy run offense to a heavy pass offense, or will it be somewhere in the middle? That's what we got to kind of figure out. And, and I'm not there yet. Like yeah. <laughs> I got I, some more work, but oh, it's going to be hard to tell until we see it, you know, right. and that, that's going to be tough to, to, to value flowers going into the season. And do you want to take that risk with a first round pick? You want to invest that capital, you know, do you want to have the double or triple or, you know, or the home run, which I don't know if talent wise, even he is, is a home run. He's, I mean, he's, he's very athletic and speed is there, but uh, you know, I think I'd rather take a safer bet. You know, compared to, and we'll talk running backs, receivers, tight ends here compared to other drafts, recent drafts, does this one seem a little bit low on talent? Uh, I mean, like, unless you have the one Oh one and maybe now the one Oh two, given the draft capital that Detroit, pumped into Jameer Gibbs. It's kind of like, man, it's just pick your guys. I don't think anybody feels pigeonholed into drafting certain guys at certain spots, right? 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, and it's and it's a wide a wide variety of of players, and um, it's 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 definitely a different one. You know, you we usually go in and we have maybe you know maybe there's a maybe there's a one one like the Zeke or whatever, but you still had four or five other guys that were that were pretty solid. I, I there's there's dings on everybody. I, I you know in the, once you get past Bijan. Um, I think you can make cases for for a lot of a lot of different players being being uh, being in the top six, um, but it's it's just going to be a it, you, like you said it's gonna it's you're gonna have to choose your guys wisely and and you know once you get into the second round you can you can take more risk in terms of what you want to do because you, you know you're not you're not you know using that first round pick and that capital on something you know that that that's too risky um or that is risky but you you want to maybe sometimes go for those uh doubles and triples as opposed to home runs you know do you i totally agree and and do you find yourself or do you think you're going to find yourself brian in these rookie drafts when you're on the clock that you're be more likely and, and I'll say like you know after like the 105 106 that you know those spots right there you think you find yourself more likely to trade away um that that 107 108 whatever it is um for a 2024 first rounder plus um given that none of these guys are very exciting I guess the difficult thing is trying to get people to trade up for these yep. players this year and that I think that's where the value I mean even the startups and now in in rookie drafts the value of these first round picks has gone up but you know sometimes when you want to unload one you just got to go 108 for which I did a few times last year 108 just for a straight up 24 first hmm. um don't want to do it um but you know I, if you feel strongly that you want to get out of there and kick the can down the road you might have to do it um just to just to get yourself out of that position um you know, I, I'm I I guess one of my weaknesses is to kind of look for that veteran and maybe trade the 108 for a veteran. Um, I, I I tend to like to go for the you know the 24 first, but you know it, it's it's to each his own how how they want to handle it. But it, it's it's proving more and more difficult. I think this class is going to be case in point. You know, to get out, you're going to have to make some tough decisions or something that you think is is not the value that you want. But if if you don't want to take that pick, you might have to trade something back, you know, tr trade for something that you don't want to. I remember back to 2020, the 2020 draft. Um, I was sitting at, um, I think 107 or 108. And uh, I didn't really like any of the players on board. And one of the, uh, the teams in the league offered me straight up Debo Samuel. And this was before Debo Samuel's big breakup. And I was like, I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? I will take Samuel. I, I like what he's doing. I like what they're doing in San Francisco. I don't really like any players here. So I made the trade. Traded Debo. Or I got Debo Samuel. And that guy got the draft pick. And who did he take with that draft pick? None other than Justin Jefferson. Justin. And I <laughs> ruined the day ever since, Brian. It's just one of those things. I moved, but, up, a, I moved up multiple times in that draft for Justin Jefferson. Did you really? Yeah, uh, just um, uh, who who is the other guy in that draft? The uh, who never made it, it was Jalen Rager. Yeah, Rager. So I I always wanted both of them. I didn't want to have to choose. So I I moved up probably two or three times to the to the one hundred eight because that was basically where he was going. He was pretty much locked in that position. I mean, sometimes yeah. you saw him at one hundred seven with Rager to flip flop with Rager, but it was you know it was right in that in in that in that uh, in that range. But you, you know, I remember. Um, uh, one of the things that the big knocks I heard on Jefferson by a lot of the draft Knicks and uh, was that they felt that Jefferson was just going to be a slot guy and, and he's never going to be able to live on the perimeter. I remember it, it echoed in my mind at that time yep. 
we hear that about Jackson Smith and Jigba mm-hmm. um, from a lot of people this year. Yeah, I, I, is Smith and Jig? I don't want to compare him to Justin Jefferson because yeah. Jefferson's an otherworldly talent. But I, I mean, I, I feel like that Smith and Jigba could be maybe a poor man's Jefferson because I think this guy can thrive on the outside. Too. I think so too. I mean, I think when you have Garrett Wilson and Olave sitting in front of you, uh, it, it might be natural that you're going to be in the in the slot ninety percent of the time. Um, and then gets hurt last year. Really didn't really weren't able to see, you know, what what he could do if he if he was forced into the outside. So I, I think I think he's talented enough that he can that he can definitely do it. The separation that he creates, um, you know, it's just we don't have proof. Um, and and I think that hurt Jefferson too um, in that draft. So I, I I think I I agree with you. I think he can do it. Um, and I I think I think he's going to be a, very solid. And that's why that's why I have him as my first wide receiver. The Ohio State uh, receivers have been incredibly rich with talent over the last couple of years. Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Next year, um, I, I looked at a couple of 2024 mocks. Speaking of you know you being an addict, I'm sick when it comes to looking at mock draft. <laughs> um, Marvin Harrison Jr. I've seen him mocked in in some you know in the top three picks yeah. uh, in some 2024 mocks. Plus, and, and I don't. I was trying to find it here and I can't find it. But Ohio State has another receiver that has a that is a first round talent next year as well. So you're talking about five guys. We're going to talk about Anthony Richardson in a second. But I'm wondering if you have any kind of trepidation about C.J. Stroud, given the talent that he had around him, not only on the perimeter and the slot, but also in front of him on the offensive line, and knowing that you know unless they're playing Michigan or Penn State, you know the Big Ten wasn't all that awesome as far as defenses yeah. go. I mean, excluding probably Iowa. Um, but how concerning is that for you if, if you're drafting and you're looking for a quarterback in your rookie drafts? How concerning is that to you when you're thinking about drafting C.J. Stroud? I think it's got to run through your mind. I think it's got to be pretty concerning. I mean, when's the last time that, that uh, Ohio State developed a quarterback? Um, you, you know, and with, with all that talent around them um, and the, in the receiving core, it just it, it seems like the separation that these guys were creating, it was it was pretty easy for these quarterbacks to throw up some crazy numbers. And I think, you know, he, he is a product of that. I mean, hope you, you just don't know. And if he gets into the right system and gets with the right coach, you know, he can be coached to a, to a different level. You, you know, the non running is, is, is hard, although he did it at the end of the year um, in one of those bowl games, I guess, uh, I, I, what was it? The Georgia game um, that, that he kind of showed that he, that he can run uh, mm-hmm. a little bit, but was he, you know, was he pressing it and just forcing it just because of that situation? Or is it something that he's going to be willing to do on the NFL level on a regular basis? I think that always will bring you to the next level as a, as a fantasy quarterback. And then maybe the, the throwing can catch up and, and, uh, and, and you can start to, you know, get your feet under you um, in, a, in a few years. Let's talk about Anthony Richardson now. Um, a, a guy that gets drafted by the Colts. Um, and it certainly seems like he's going to be starting from from day one, unless Gardner Minshew takes over, you know, to, to start. And then there's some sort of transition to Richardson. But a guy that is the most prolific athletic prospect we have ever seen at quarterback uh, in the NFL Combine or at the NFL Combine, Brian. Um, but there are some questions about a short range accuracy. He does throw a really good deep ball, so that's good. But there are some questions about a short range accuracy and you know, how far off he is from, from being a, a even average quarterback in the NFL. It's going to take some time. If you're in a non-super flex, so just a classic dynasty, mm-hmm. where would you take Anthony Richardson in your rookie draft? I mean, I'm probably taking him somewhere um, around 
Addison or Kincaid, probably one six, one seven, one eight in that range. I think you can definitely make an argument. I'm not a big proponent of that. I think he is a special talent, though. So I, I think I think you can definitely make the argument. I probably won't be doing that, but you know I, that would be the range that I would you know start to think about it. Um, and because I don't think there's going to be a lot on the board that's going to offer you that upside um, that that he will, uh, especially if you need a quarterback. You know, I think the numbers that he's going to put up on the ground are just, I think, going to be ridiculous, especially in the first, like I said, you know, it takes those guys some time. Maybe, maybe he's just, he's just going to be a, a, a prolific runner the first year um, and, uh, and, and go from there. Do you, um, is he your number one quarterback then off the board? In, in Superflex, yeah. Well, I guess in both, yeah. In both, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. And, and and is there like a pretty significant gap? Is Bryce Young your number two then? As I'm trying uh, to crack the Vanity yeah. rankings. Yeah. Here. And then, so yeah. Okay. Is it, is it pretty, yeah, don't screw me up too much. I, mean. I know, I'm not, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. Is there a pretty uh, significant, uh, like a, a chasm between um, Richardson and Young for value for you, or are they closer than? Than uh, than I might think. I'd say I'd say there's a pretty big chasm just in terms of what he can just bring. You know, we've seen these guys now for years. I mean, what what they can bring on the on the rushing side. I mean, Justin Fields, you know, I mean, came out of not that he came out of nowhere, but the running just puts him at a completely different level. His passing was okay, um, but what he could do on the ground would win you fantasy games consistently last year. So I think. Looking at Richardson and his skill set, you got to think that that if he starts day one, he's going to do that for you. Um, and I don't think Bryce Young's going to do that. You know, um, I think it's going to take him some time. The, you know, their weapons there aren't great, so it's it's just going to it's going to take a lot more time. I mean, Richardson can just create it himself. He doesn't. He, he's not going to need to care about weapons, um, mm -hmm. even though his weapons are are better than what Bryce what Bryce is going to have. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, let's talk about, um, uh, I can't believe we're 20 plus minutes in. We haven't talked tight ends yet. Dalton <laughs> Kincaid ended up being um, the first tight end off the board ahead of Mayer, ahead of everybody else. Yeah. Um, how high is too high to draft Kincaid in a rookie draft? Is it 105? Is it 106? Yeah, I would say uh, I I would say 105 is probably the earliest you should do it. I I, I think 106, 107 is probably the range. Right in that Addison, I would say Addison Kincaid, 
um, you know, are, are close for me. Um, and I think, uh, you know, that's the 105, 106 range for me. Um, you know, looking at the Bills offense now going forward, we were very worried, or a lot of people were worried about Gabe Davis and, and his stock um, going into the NFL draft. The Bills, I don't, be, I don't believe they took a receiver. No, they took Justin Shorter in the fifth round. I, yeah. I think that was it. Um, so he kind of avoided that bullet. However, Dawson Knox is still on this team. Dalton Kincaid is 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 should be a prolific pass catching tight end in the NFL. Mm-hmm. What do, what do you when you look at this Bills offense now, Brian? Um, how do you handle guys like not only Dalton Kincaid in rookie drafts, but Gabe Davis and redraft or, you know, um, yep. Dawson Knox and redraft. Cause now we kind of, it's hard to wrap our heads around this Buffalo bills offense. I, I know. I, I, you know, I've never been a fan of Gabe Davis. I've never, I've never owned him. Um, you know, the, we've always gone. I mean, what was there two seasons in a row where he had these monster playoff games and then all of a sudden it was next season was going to be his, right. he was going to be the number two and Josh Allen was, was going to, was going to feed him and everything. And it never happened. Um, and I remember getting trade offers for him, and I just like I, I just can't pull the trigger. Not on one or two playoff games, I just can't do it. And and to come off of a season where he did it once uh, in playoff games, then goes into the regular season, and then doesn't do anything, and then goes into that playoff season that season, and or playoff game that season, or two two games, and goes crazy, and then and you're like, oh, he's really going to do it this year. I just couldn't get on board with that. It, it's going to be. I mean, oh, you also have James Cook there. I mean, he he could he could take a, a a big a big chunk of the of the passing if if they start using the running backs, um, you know, more in the in the passing game. Uh, you know, I I think I think Kincaid's got a got a great opportunity with a with a stud quarterback to really you know do something. I think that's just going to feed into into Gabe Davis's uh, you know his balls that he's that he's going to be getting. I think I think it's only natural. Let's uh, go to the YouTube chat right now. Uh, the Death Dealers wants to know, Brian, do you have a, like a, a, the same team name you use for a lot of your FFPC teams, or do you like to vary it up a little bit just because he's he's trying to put a he's trying to put <laughs> yeah, your face he's trying to figure out who I am. The team name, exactly. Yeah. Now you don't um, have to reveal I, it, but I don't yeah, know. I I don't even know, quite frankly. I do. I do. I have a, I have a regular um, one that I use, but not for everyone because I I do, I'm with a few different partners. Like you've had Craig Boda Miller on mm-hmm. um, and Ryan Weichel. We have some teams. Um, Scott Munson. I do some teams with, and uh, and Alex Joyce. I do some teams with. So I gotta because I, I you know I'm always running around. So I like to have a partner, especially like you know during uh, you know setting lineups and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I do I do have a a regular team name that I that I use uh, quite a bit. Do we okay? So we shouldn't reveal this thing because no, I, I can. I mean, you can. It. It's uh, it's a, it's a Seinfeld reference. Yep. <laughs> Serenity now. <laughs> Serenity now, insanity later. One of the great <laughs> Lloyd Lloyd Braun episodes. Yes. Uh, and Jerry and obviously Jerry Stiller episodes. That was that was tremendous. Yeah. yeah. Serenity now. Okay. Um. Let's get into um. Uh. Uh. The <laughs> probably the most shocking thing that it, that came out from the NFL draft, at least for me. Um. Seattle gets a guy in the draft last year in Kenneth Walker, who I believe is the second running back off the board. And he is in the offensive rookie of the year conversation pretty much since, you know, he, he comes on. I know he's dinged up at the start of the year, but he yep. looks awesome uh, yep. for the remainder of the season. They follow that up, Brian, by taking Zach Charbonnet, the Michigan transfer turned UCLA Bruin in the second round of this year's draft. This is not only maddening for people who are excited to draft Charbonnet, but it's maddening for people who had Kenneth Walker in their dynasty leagues. I, know. I don't know what your shares are like. I think you might have a couple of I Kenneth got a Walker. couple of Walker, yeah. Okay. 
Um, so how do you, what are you doing with Kenneth Walker right now? And then how do you handle a guy like Zach Charbonnet in rookie drafts? Yeah. I mean, I think you, you got to hang on to the shares. I mean, it's, the only offers that you're going to be getting will be low ball offers. I mean, I, I don't think that you're going to want to, you know, give them for pennies on the dollar. Um, you know, and when you look at Seattle's history of, of uh, you know, injuries for the running back position, you can sort of see why they, why they did it. Um, but they were usually, you know, Carroll would, would always develop these guys. He never really used the capital uh, previously. Um, I mean, you had Rashad Penny, but before that, it was always like he was getting fourth, fifth rounders, some UDFA guys, um, and and really, uh, you know, doing it that way uh, a lot of times. But um, I think I think you got to hold on to him. Um, and and I think uh, Charbonnet's, I, I don't think, should not get out of the first round of a, of a rookie mm -hmm. draft. Uh, I think you, you've got to you've got to look at that as a as a great situation. I mean, they love to run the ball, um, and you know, one injury and and it, and it could be uh, you know it could be a, a a boon for you if you get it if you if you if you guess right. Is um is uh is he your number three running back, or, or would you rather have a guy like Kendra Miller in New Orleans? I uh, know he's probably number three for me. Okay, all right. Um, all right. So, so my, uh, Miami gets Devin A chain. Uh, they already have Jeff Wilson. They already have Raheem Mostert. I think the Dizzle, uh, Dave Gerzak in the HSFF hour chat on last Wednesday was saying, those guys are garbage. Get Miami a real running back, you know, <laughs> and now they get Dave, Devin A chain. However, um, you, you, you look at him, um, and he's not the biggest guy in the world. Now, Kendra Miller has, he was a three down guy at TCU, uh, Chicago drafted Roshan Johnson, Bijan Robinson's backup who looks the part as far as the three down back, definitely to be the first and second down banger. Yep. Would you rather have a guy like A-Chain in a dynasty rookie draft, or would you go with a guy like Kendra Miller? Would you go with a guy like Roshan Johnson, knowing that those guys could be on the field, if given the right opportunity, yep. they could be on the field a lot more than A-Chain? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I think the last time I was on, I think you, you named the episode, I like them big. Yeah, it but, was, uh, I like my size. Yeah, I like, I like my, my size. size. That's what so, it was. Uh, you know, you could tell where I'm going to go. I, I, you know, I, I, I do like the, the guys that are going to, you know, that have the opportunity to be a three, three down bank, although it's a, it's a dying breed in the NFL, but I, I, I want this, I want the size to, to be able to take the pounding, uh, you know, the speed's nice and to be able to take it to the house at any given moment is great. But if it, you know, if, 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 if you, if you can't probably get the goal line touches, um, it, it makes it difficult. Um, mm -hmm. and I think both those guys, uh, Kendra, uh, uh, and, and, uh, Roshan what, what, Johnson, Roshan, I, you know, I think they have the ability to, to get those, uh, goal line cal ca carries and, uh, and hopefully convert into touchdowns. Um, I don't know if Ashin is going to get, be get, getting first and goal at the one, you know? And this goes back to our whole discussion of like, okay, is 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 Aching ever going to be a, a top five or top ten running back? Right? Yep. Um, maybe, maybe not. But who's more likely, a guy like Roshan Johnson, if he gets the opportunity? Um, you know, if Herbert goes down or something, and all of a sudden Johnson is getting you know 15, 20 touches a game for like six, seven weeks in a row, yep. and that's that's what you're looking at there. So I, I, I happen to agree with you on yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, even if you look at the way Miami used the running backs last year, all of a sudden Mostert Mostert would have this monster game. And then, and then Wilson would have the, a monster game the next week. I mean, right. you just didn't know. It was very frustrating. It was like it was basically like dealing with Belichick. I mean, you just didn't know who was going to get who was going to get the ball. Um, let's talk about uh, the other tight end or the other big tight end, and that's Michael Mayer, who did not go in the first round. He goes on day two to the Las Vegas Raiders, who actually 
just let go of a really prolific tight end to the New York Giants. Darren Waller is now in New York. Michael Mayer, the uh, tight end successor, as it appears to us in Las Vegas. Um, is he going to start producing like Darren Waller? Maybe not in 2023 because that's very difficult for a rookie tight end to do. Yeah. But can we look at it, it as soon as 2024 that this guy is actually going to be a, a top 10 tight end in, in the NFL? I mean, I think it's I think it's possible. The 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 four seven speed is concerning. You know, I mean, I think comparing him to Darren Waller are two di totally different things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because Darren Waller was such a freak. Um, you know, what was he six six two fifty five and ran a four four five or something? I mean, it's just roughly, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. So I, I think that that might be a little bit of a stretch. But look, I mean, being top ten. I think it's it's very doable. I mean, in today's NFL, I mean, we don't really have that many tight ends. So if he gets some sort of uh, you know bump in, in 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 production in terms of how many balls he's getting in target share, I, I mean, I, I I don't I don't see why not. I just think he's more of of Heath Miller, which isn't bad, um, but I don't you know I don't think he's Darren Waller type where he can really take over something or you know something like Travis Kelsey. I think he he doesn't quite have uh, that for me. Michael Mayer is still in your first round of FFPC rookie drafts, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, how much further down, and we'll get to the to my Packers here. How much further down in your dynasty rookie rankings is a guy like Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State, who the Packers took in the third round, 78th overall pick? How much further down is he from his Packers teammate, his new Packers teammate in Luke Musgrave? a guy that Green Bay took 36 picks earlier in the second round at pick 42. How close are these guys in your rankings? I mean, I it's it's probably, you know, in terms of tight ends, probably two or three or four, something more in that range. But I think it's a perfect, for me at least, uh, an arbitrage situation where, you know, I might be, a, I might be taking craft and, you know, just waiting for Musgrave to go and then taking craft after that. I mean, they both had some pretty big injury concerns, um, and I think Kraft is the more natural uh, pass catcher. Um, and you know, you, you know, you look at the you, you look at Baltimore back in that draft when they took Hayden Hurst and they took Mike Mark Andrews. You know, there were a lot of times in those drafts in the second round. I was I was just taking you know people were taking Hayden Hurst in the late first of rookie drafts, and I, you know you could just sit there in the sec early second round and take and, and take Mark Andrews late late second round. Um, and it became, you know, a, a very good, uh, very good opportunity, obviously, over the last few years. Uh, Packers definitely love to. Um, well, I should say Matt LaFleur. I mean, he comes from a couple of teams that used a lot of 12 personnel. And now they finally <laughs> have their two their two tight ends in Musgrave and Kraft. So we can see that a lot that I don't. Brian, I don't know. And we're not really I mean, we could touch on this a little bit. Um, I wish there was some way to check on this, but the average age of receivers um, uh, on any NFL team, the Packers, this year's Packers, man, they gotta be like top three the all time youngest. youngest. Yeah. I, I, I was trying to think of like, who, who's the most experienced guy there. And I think it's Romeo Dobbs <laughs> who played like 12 games last season. Yeah. Like Watson missed all that time tour. It's Mari Toure, their seventh round pick last year. That was a guy that didn't see the field. And now they go with three more receivers in this draft. They get Debose and they get Jaden Reed. And they get um, oh, who's the other guy? I'm forgetting here. Um, uh, uh, Dontavian Wicks yeah. out of Virginia. So they get. I mean, yes, these guys have talent, but man, they're so green. 
Um, your thoughts on just not necessarily for dynasty purposes, but just, well, you can answer it for dynasty purposes. Packers receivers, is it Christian Watson and then kind of everybody else, or is there another guy that you like there? Uh, I mean, I, I, I like Dobbs. I mean, he, he, he showed a little bit before he got hurt. Um, you know, it's, it, it's difficult for, for any Packer young wide receiver with Aaron Rodgers there. You know, Jordan Love's going to have to trust somebody. Um, so, and, and the ball's got to go somewhere. I think the tight ends are going to take a little bit of time to develop. So it, it could be the Christian Watson, uh, Romeo Dobbs show for a little bit and, and maybe Aaron Jones out of the backfield as a safety net. Um, but I, I think, I, I think Dobbs is, is an interesting case, um, to see. I mean, I'm not rushing out and giving up a first round pick for the guy, but mm -hmm. I think, you know, if, if, if he's, maybe he got cut. And when we went down to 16 and you can, you can jump in there and maybe take them in the second round of a, of a, of a rookie draft. I mean, I don't think that's, I don't think that's unimaginable. Uh, final question for you, Brian, uh, tonight is, is uh, I've learned so much as I always do. When we talk. Um, <laughs> Thanks, a sleep, uh, you're very welcome. A sleeper in your rookie drafts a, a player, not a whole lot of people are talking about, you know, you just brought up the Mark Andrews thing with, yep. with Hayden Hurst. I think Andrews would qualify for that year's draft. Is there a player? Doesn't have to be a tight end that would fit that bill this year. It maybe Tucker Craft is is that yeah, guy. It actually uh, is a tight end. Uh, okay, Lepor let's hear uh, it. Laporta. Um, Laporta. I think oh yeah. I think it's I think it's a, an interesting uh, landing spot. You have a you have a tight end, uh, former tight end coach. Um, I, you know, I was shocked that they that they dealt away T.J. Hawkinson. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the problem there was. It didn't seem like a money thing. Um, I mean, they got a they got a good haul for him, but you know, you would think that Dan Campbell would would want to be using the tight end, um, you know, more than they did at the second half of the season when they got rid of Hawkinson. Um, you know, it's a it's a high powered offense. I mean, they invested a lot more into the offense, you know, this draft. Um, so there might not be enough to go around for Laporta, but maybe in a year or two, um, he could be someone that 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 you look back and and maybe he's a you know top twelve uh, tight end. Which you know, again, like like we said before, it's it's very difficult to find uh, these days. The uh, the the Lions made rookie drafts so much more fun this year because they trade up for Gibbs, right? At at or they didn't trade up; they traded down, and then they took yeah. Gibbs at the 12 spot, and then they took Sam Laporta. They could have had Michael Mayer. They chose Sam Laporta over yep. Mayer, which made Laporta the number two tight end, which is gonna. That's going to be a fun little wrinkle. And, it, and you know, I think it's significant that a that a that a coach who was again a former tight end did that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, think that he would know how to how to how to how to rate these guys and know what he's looking for. Yeah, exactly. It could have and like I don't know the decision um, to to trade Hawkinson. I don't know if, if Campbell had a had a hand in that or whatever. Mm -hmm. but may, may, and and this is just I'm, I'm jumping the gun here, but maybe Campbell thought like, well, I can coach up the tight ends we have yeah. here. And we can get some really great draft capital for Hawkinson, and then that half season without Hawkinson, like, eh, maybe maybe we should invest one of these, yeah, exactly. some of this draft capital into one of these tight ends. They get Laporta. <laughs> um, we talked about Zay Flowers. It sounds like you're going to let somebody else draft him. Is there anybody else that you are fading in this year? Um, probably, you know, Josh Downs. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take uh, you know a chance on um, on him. Um, I, I I don't think it's a bad spot necessarily but i you know his size and i you know i he's not he's not Devonte smith i mean he's not he's not the blitnikoff winner um you know Devonte, i think could get away with that I, i'm not sure if uh if josh downs and the capital that they used on him wasn't significant like like Devonte smith so i think it tells you all you need to know i'm probably going to let somebody else uh, draft him i know that's late in the draft and it probably doesn't mean much but i got to keep a few secrets 
and that's fine. Listen, we're, I'm, I'm glad you're sharing anything tonight. Anytime we can get that. I appreciate is good. your time. Um, Josh Downs, uh, do you think that he uh, is going to take, is he going to cannibalize uh, Michael Pittman at all? Given that these guys, you know, are both kind of target hogs, or at least Down was, Downs was a target hog last yeah. year. I mean, I think it's, I think it's very possible. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I, I was expecting more out of Pittman last year, to be honest with you. I was mm -hmm. a little, um, I was a little miffed about, uh, you know, his, his, sometimes his lack of production. Um, but again, if you're going to, if, if Richardson's going to start immediately, I think it's going to hurt both of them really. Um, and, you know, we'll see, we'll see if Richardson can de develop a rapport with these guys. Hopefully they get together early in our, in our throwing, uh, in, in minicamp and, uh, before and, and, and get the feel for each other. It's, I mean, the, the Colts, I mean, Jonathan Taylor and, and Michael Pittman are now the, the grizzled veterans there. You have Anthony Richardson and Josh Downs, Will Mallory tight yep. end that, that, that they drafted in, in, in the fifth round as well. It's, it's, it's it's so much fun. Dynasty it's, fantasy football is so much fun. Um, it is. And, and I'm so glad we got a chance to, to hook up tonight. Listen, Brian, good luck in, in all your rookie drafts. I hope you enjoy them. Good luck in all your dynasty leagues. Good, good luck in all your uh, leagues this year. Remember, if, if things aren't going your way and and you just you've had it up to here, serenity now. <laughs> That's or, or you just do a startup. One of the two. Or a startup. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh God, this rookie jazz terrible. I'm gonna get in a startup. And, yeah. and, 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 and um, thank you so much, dude. Be good. Uh, you and too, we Bobby. will see. We will see you again soon. Yep. Sounds good. Great to see you. Thanks. Absolutely. You bet, Brian Valenti, uh, ladies and gentlemen, a 12-time FFPC High Stakes Dynasty champion, joining us on the road of his High Stakes Lowdown tonight. Certainly appreciate everything he had to offer. Learned a lot, as we always do on the road of his high stakes lowdown, and that will uh, complete uh, this evening's show. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as a couple of couple of notes here. Uh, number one, uh, we have the Fantasy Pros Championship going off right now. Uh, Million-dollar grand prize, just $350 to enter, and you are looking at a early bird discount or early bird promo right now where if you register by June 1st, draft by June 15th, you will have the opportunity to get a $35 free FFPC team into your account. You do it up to three times, that's three free FFPC teams. So not only are you getting the $50 discount on the three-pack of Fantasy Pros teams, but you're also getting over $100 worth of FFPC free uh, teams into your account. It's it's a fantastic deal, but time is running out on that. It's already May 2nd. You got to be able to register for these leagues by June 1st. Uh, we talked a lot of Dynasty Fantasy Football tonight. My apologies if you don't play FFPC Dynasty because you're not going to have the opportunity to participate in these rookie drafts in 2023. However, with all the Dynasty Maiden drafts, all the Dynasty startups we have going on right now at myffpc.com, you'll not only be able to enjoy a Dynasty startup draft, you know, via a, 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 a eight-hour clock um, as far as um, – you know, building your team and trading for picks on the clock. You'll be able to enjoy your rookie drafts next year after the 2024 NFL draft as well. MyFFPC.com is your home for uh, high-stakes dynasty fantasy football, as well as the uh, orphans that we still have available there. All of them are $1, except for there's one team, a 750 team that's $25. You can play dynasty fantasy football year-round for a uh, for a dollar. There's 1250 teams on there that you could pick up for a dollar. It's a fantastic value right now. Make sure you're registering for that at myffpc.com. Um, the dynasty starters, by the way, are uh, starting off at the $100 level, and we go all the way up to $5,000. Um, if you follow uh, Theo Greminger on uh, Twitter, 
at the OG Fantasy. He's been tweeting out some picks out of a $5,000 Dynasty starter trap that's going on with the FFPC right now. So check that out. Uh, remember, if, if you want to play in a, a best ball league, you can do that too. Just five bucks is all you need to play at the FFPC for a dynasty or for a uh, standard uh, best ball league. Um, and you can play in the slims, the 20 round drafts, the 28 round drafts with the kickers and defenses. You can do that as well. And of course, uh, we're going to be, um, we're already taking registrations for the main event this year. If you are in by May 31st, uh, you'll be entered into the pros versus Joe's drawing, which we'll be covering right here on the high stakes fantasy football hour on this FFPC YouTube channel uh, coming up in uh, July and early August. So make sure you're getting your name into the drawing by registering for your main event team. And maybe you're going to become the next FFPC millionaire. You never know. Remember to like uh, this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share the video and get notified. Uh, like I said, we got a ton of stuff going on with the FFPC YouTube channel this week. So Tonight, we did the Road of His High Stakes Slowdown with Brian Valenti. Then uh, Thursday night, we are going to go live um, as well as on bettersports.com. Pat Fitzmaurice from Fantasy Pros is going to join me. We're going to chop it up with rookie drafts and dynasty and everything that the, that the NFL draft has created for us as fantasy players to try to figure out how we can get the best possible value for all our dynasty picks and in redraft as well as dynasty. So that's going to be a lot of fun. That is 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock on uh, bettersports.com as well as the FFPC social media channels Thursday night. Then Friday night, uh, Aiden LaCourie will, and I will have live pick-by-pick -pick coverage of the Genesis and Revelations drafts. Ah, yes. Remember when these were the first drafts of the season? Not anymore, but it's still a lot of fun. We got a lot of the same competitors, a lot of great high-stakes players uh, that play in those uh, Genesis and Revelations leagues. We're going to be giving pick-by-pick -pick analysis from uh, 10 o'clock, uh, beg your pardon, from 9 o'clock. We start an hour early this Friday night from 9 o'clock until roughly 11 o'clock. Um, maybe, yeah, probably 9 to 11 that night. And that'll be myself and Aiden LaCorey. That's Friday night. And then Sunday night, Aiden will be back on the FFPC YouTube channel uh, with uh, Dave Terpoli as they cover a live FFPC best ball tournament draft where those guys uh, and, and women are all plunking down 125 bucks to try to win a $200,000 grand prize. What a time to be a fantasy football fan, right? Uh, for Brian Valenti, I want to thank you for joining us on the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown tonight. Thank you so much. Be good, and uh, we will talk with you again Thursday night. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.